got on him and run a few. He felt so good to me. He hadn't been rode in a couple weeks, not like he was up and, you know, tuned up, ready to go for that kind of setup and that kind of situation. And just threw him right into it, and he was lights out. This is Season 3 of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's regular podcast, where the team roping world talks. We've told the stories of some of the greatest cowboys, horses, and moments in the sport, and we're so far from done. In 2020, we'll bring you more of what you've come to expect, like interviews with the best cowboys and cowgirls we know, and we'll dive even deeper into subjects you care about. Look for more audio editions of the Team Roping Journal stories you might have missed in print, and learn about the great horses shaping the sport and great challenges facing our industry. All this and more in 2020. I'm Chelsea Schaefer. Hey everybody, this is Chelsea Schaefer, and this is a special NFR edition of The Score. I'm trying something a little new. We've done horse stories before. We we told the whole story of Jackal. We told the story of Amigo. We told Corey Koontz's remixes story. And today we're going to kind of introduce you to a horse that you might have noticed in passing, but you have never heard this horse's story. This is the other great Smith horse, as I'm calling it. And this is a story about why Paul Eaves is riding Jake Smith's little roan horse at the Wrangler NFR starting in round one here in Arlington, Texas. So maybe you're listening to this way in the future and Paul's already like won the world on this horse and he's super famous and the Cowboy Channel has done some previews on him. But we're going to tell his story now uh, and you can listen back to it because it's a timeless story of a dad who wants the best for his kids and some really handy kids that made a really great horse. So Enjoy this episode of The Score, and this is The Other Great Smith Horse. This episode is brought to you by Softride Equine Comfort Boots and Softriders, the company's new line of center-loading shoes. Softriders are the product of years of testing at top veterinary hospitals across the country, and they're now available for use with any horse. Softriders feature a two-layer construction, the semi-rigid polymer layer stimulating a live, healthy protective hoof wall, and the shock dissipating urethane layer mimics the function of a soft frog. This dual density design strategically places the load at the center of the shoe or hoof rather than on the outside wall. This increases blood flow to the hoof, reduces the strain on the coffin bone and pressure on the navicular region, and isolates the concussive force of impact with the ground on the horse's skeletal system. Soft riders offer improved multi-directional traction because they work like a human athlete's turf shoes. While soft riders are great for aging horses with issues like laminitis, navicular, and ringbone, they're perfect for long-time use on all performance horses. Paul Eves won the 2018 Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association Healing Gold Buckle aboard the 2006 AQHA gelding Sting a Little, a bay roan that helped Paul smash the healing earnings record with $289,921.48 after the last flag fell at the finals that year. Paul saved the horse he calls Guapo for big money situations since then, but this year, he won't have him ready to roll for the 2020 National Finals Rodeo in Arlington, Texas. Of course, we wanted to find out what happened to Guapo and why he can't make a finals appearance. I called and asked Paul. He has an old injury on his suspensory branch that's been there for a long time, and it 
just never really bothered him. And then this summer, I was running a couple on, so he tweaked it again somehow. And uh, so I would give him a lot of, you know, months off and then been getting him, kind of getting him in shape and getting him going, but he's still, he still weighs off. So now the power vacuum at the top of Eve's string, however, will mean a long, great 2005 Roan Gelding, registered as Prancing Cairo, owned by Broken Bow, Oklahoma's Jake Smith, will get his chance to shine. Probably the biggest reason why I wanted to ride Jake's horse was just because he is so talented, but more than that, he is wanting to help you in any way he can. He's on your team. He, Whatever he needs to do to help you to catch, he's... He's going to do that. He can run, he can stop, he can he can do all that good stuff too. The horse first came to prominence back in 2015 when Jake healed for his brother and now two-time world champion Clay to win the $100,000 at the Wildfire Open to the World. But that was not when the Smith family, who ran and still run a horse trading operation out of their home arena, knew he was great. No, they'd had him long before that and always counted on him when their money was up. The Smith family patriarch, Mark, is responsible for finding the horse back in the boys' junior rodeo days. At Rome, he bucks the people off. He thinks, Dad, that's all we need, another bucking horse. But that turned into a pretty damn damn good horse. He was two-year-old. He was just good-built and kind of pretty. A ranch about 30 miles from us, I, I called them, and, and they'd done give up. They'd done sold all the money. I bought one more off of that place. People in the mare and coat business. That's a, at least a 10 to 20 year project. Most people bail out before they get that far. You gotta have somebody prove one, and by the time they do that, it's a six or seven year old horse, you know? And then that'd be fortunate if you get that done that quick. And then I've sold 48 horses at Smith Arena. It's crazy. Now, Jake was just a teenager when the horse came into their program, but he remembers it pretty vividly. That horse is, he's 15 this year. He's 15 this year, so I would have been, I'd have been uh, 14, I'd have been 14, I guess, then, mm-hmm. uh, when we got him, and uh, I remember, I remember uh, Dad, which, heck, Dad's always done that, and Dad's always been good at that, is getting new people here, and, and we always say Dad's our PR guy. He's good at talking to people and stuff like that. And so, and, and that's what he's always doing is, heck, always getting new horses in his horse and stuff like that. Some don't pan out, but, the you know, a few times that it does, that, it, heck, it makes it work. So, uh, anyway, I remember that guy brought two horses that day. He had a sorrel horse that uh, you could rope on but it had bucked some people off around here. And he had that little roan colt with it. And uh, me and Dad always argued. Dad says that we didn't like nothing about the roan. And I said, well, I says you're full of it. We wasn't even looking at the roan. It was just part of the deal. We was just looking at the sorrel. We just wasn't paying attention to the roan. Mm-hmm. We were just looking at the sorrel. But anyway, we rode the sorrel. I remember Clay rode the sorrel. He humped up, I think, with Clay. Clay just kind of whipped his butt and roped on him. And uh, I got on the roan. I remember I got on the roan. Uh, story was on the roan, kind of the same deal. He had seen somebody to ride, and I think maybe it bucked with him. 
a little bit, and uh, they didn't want to mess with it or something like mm-hmm. that. But I remember getting on him, and he dang sure wanted to buck, but you could talk him out of it. Like, he was just kind of ball up, and then he kind of let him ease out of it, and he was okay. But, uh, so I remember we bought the pair, and it seems like we sold the sorrel a few months later uh, at a sale, and heck, sold him. We get like 2000 or something for the pair. It seemed like 2500 for the pair, and I think we sold the sorrel for like 3900 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the roan, I, I do remember he caught on super fast clay, uh, and then clay, don't even get me started. Clay's going to tell you he trained him and this and that. I'll say that Clay trained him to rope calves on. I will say that. But in the healing, no. I let him ride him. He may have trained him to rope calves. But in the healing, no. He rode him some. But do not let him tell you that bull crap that he trained him. But anyway, he, uh, I, re- I do remember we mainly rope calves on him before we pee roped on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I remember Clay took him to a or we both did, or it seemed like it, but maybe Clay just doesn't have to And uh, when he was a camp that doing that, like a uh, youth rodeo association around the house. And uh, he done that. He was doing that when he was three. He took two at fast. Like that horse, like the whole way through, like that horse, we could tell that we liked him and it was going to be something good just because he was like, he caught on to everything real fast. And, uh, so anyway, he was hauling and roping calves on him and then we started team roping on him too and actually the uh i forgot what year that would have been but uh the year that we made it to the national high school finals i was heading and clay healed on him out there in the national high school final i know that we was like one out of place in the first round and the second round i split the horns and fished it on and we were like 30 clean mm-hmm. and uh and we come back, and we won the short round pass time. Mm-hmm. And we won, I think we won fourth in the average. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we do have a picture of that somewhere. So when the Smith brothers bought their PRCA cards back in 2012, they buddied with Justin Bird and Paul Eves and learned the ropes on the rodeo trail with the then NFR partners. Jake was riding this roan horse he calls Ted. Soon, Clay and Paul paired up, and Jake went home to train horses and he took his roan horse with him. 15, and Clay started roping, and I sold my place in Stevenville that year, and uh, I didn't have anywhere to, I hadn't bought nothing yet, and so I, I moved in over there at their place in Broken Bow and lived pretty much while we were home that year. When, when we were home, we were there. Me and my wife were there, and so I become real close with their family and you know, Mama and Britt, Tammy, the whole family. I got on him and run a few. He felt so good to me. He hadn't been rode in a couple weeks, not like he was up and, you know, tuned up, ready to go for that kind of setup and that kind of situation. And just threw him right into it, and he was lights out. So when Paul realized he didn't have a number one for Arlington, he called Jake to see if he could give the horse a try about two weeks before round one. Don't get me wrong. I'm tickled to death that Paul thinks he's good enough to ride there, but I'm also 
really wishing it was me riding there. That's that's the plan for next year for sure. But no, I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm excited that uh somebody wants to ride him there and thinks he's that good. For sure. Besides me. Everybody always thinks their their horse is that good. But uh if somebody else thinks that too it always on here but anyway. So especially like I said, I, not Clay, maybe Clay had like 15% to do with it, but whenever I trained him, you know, whenever we trained him here in the house ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. that's what makes it Well, I think he's going to shave two, three-tenths off the clock because he will stop. I mean, stop like a banker. And, and he, he was really fast. Now I just call him fast. And Mark, he is sure he'll see the horse at Rodeo's Big Show again, but next time under Jake. I have every intention, I'll bet Smith Arena, that I'm going to have three boys at the NFR. Just took Jake a little longer. Jake's such a good person. Jake Jake takes care of all my business. And then Britt, I think Britt's as good as Clay. Britt's 19. He wants to hunt. He wants to... He's not doing nothing bad, but I just don't think he's working as hard. He is pissed because he didn't make the NFR this year. I I think that woke him up. Let's say all three of them, I put them on so much junk. And our coal factor, especially me, I don't have a coal factor. I I just act like you're out in the desert and you got to get home, so you got to ride the bucking horses. It's it's just not giving up and hard work. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and and not just being mean to them all the time either. They they know when to pet one too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so proud that my boys are horsemen. Well, that is a wrap on this episode of The Score. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you want to read the story, it's on TeamRopingJournal.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Please enjoy this week. We've got so much great content coming up. They're telling me that we will be doing interviews with the contestants after every go-round, so you will get to hear from their go-round winners every night. I just came from Arlington. It is amazing. Uh, Globe Life Field is unreal. I'm so excited about what you all are going to get to see if you're in the stands and what you're going to get to see on television. It's going to be some spectacular team roping. So with that said, we will talk at you all just later in the week.